we're just going to turn it over to him one day, and it's going to be Ruben and the, the Wild Gang. On 96.9. <laughs> hey, 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 we're tuning in here on 99.69 The Dick. <laughs> Ruben and the Dick. <laughs> I'm the dick, always here with my co-host, Ruben. <laughs> waka, 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 waka. Oh, man. We're bringing you the best hits of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and mostly more. the 90s. And mostly the <laughs> 90s. Put it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we're just going to get started. Welcome, everybody, since Ruben's playing with his little toys. I'm glad you did that, because I was about to hit one that would not have been okay. <laughs> oh, I know the one. It's the, it's the one that you know. Is that an app, or what is that? Yeah, it's a, it's yes. an app called My Instance, it's a, or something it's like that. It's just buttons that have sounds, just yeah, sound buttons. It's like just a, a big soundboard, gotcha. but they're all user-created, so there's like everything, and you can make your own. Yeah, that did not pick up at it's, all. It's, it's the nut button. It's the nut button. I think you got to be like right in the front of the microphone, not off to the side. No. There you go. That picked up. <laughs> <laughs> Which God may be damn. why you're so quiet. It's because you're talking in the side of the microphone. Ah, uh, I often do yeah, that. May, yeah, maybe angle it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, get the angle of the dangle correct. <laughs> if, I mean, if, that's if a, your that's dangle is not angled properly. <laughs> So, welcome everybody to Campfire Stories. Two towns over, Campfire Stories. I need to start doing that. Saying two towns over, Campfire Stories. That was an alert to let me know that I was on the right track, apparently. I, I listen. God damn it. I have been struggling with my ADHD over the past little while. <laughs> and you introduced them to that fucking app? Oh, no, I found it first. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ruben found that because we needed a very specific uh, button. Get shit on! Get shit on! Get shit on! Your ass! Your ass! Get sh- shut the fuck up! One v one me, you pussy! <laughs> yeah, that's the one. It's the, it's that's the, the one that we needed because when, when, we, when we play video games together. A lot of times one of us will beat the other one, and it was a real hassle to pull open YouTube and play that video every single time, so we needed a button that would just make that happen. (laughs) So we found one. (laughs) And I gotta say, my favorite part of it is when he gets so mad that he can't finish the sentence, and he goes like, get, shut the fuck up! (laughs) My favorite one was when uh, we got uh, a Bluetooth light bulb. Yeah. And we did not tell Ruben when Ruben arrived to hang out that day. <laughs> they sure did that not. That it was also a Bluetooth speaker inside <laughs> of the light bulb. So I won a mini game in Mario Party or something, and I like won in a one v one against Ruben, and <sighs> he knew that I was going to hit the get shit on we, button. We, it's just. But Ruben did point. not know that the get shit on was going to come from the lamp. It was- so. It, it damn near killed me. I was, I, I couldn't breathe for a significant amount of time. But welcome everybody to Two Towns Over Campfire Stories, and it's our Halloween episode. Oh fuck, it is. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh. For, for those who don't understand, <laughs> Ruben doesn't care about Halloween. I no, he doesn't. We, happy fucking Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. Ruben doesn't care. Ruben, ha- no, happy. Uh, listen, happy Halloween. 
I don't necessarily want to celebrate it, but you should have a happy Halloween. I just like to scare children. I like to hang out with Don and watch weird movies. There you go. That, that, that is game. the highlight of our. We Halloween. need to play that game again. I don't want to play that fucking game again. Well, that's because I got shit on. You got. Shit I got on. shit on. I'm You're ass. ass dude. I'm ass. <laughs> Get sh- shut the Who fuck up. up? <laughs> Who ended up winning? Was that Cat or you? I believe it was Cat. Because you were winning, and I then she got winning all and she of stole your all my shit. And then she won. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a sequel to that, and I have it. It's... That game is a lot like Mario Party, actually. Yeah, it is. Put it away. <laughs> it was short. Come now. <laughs> <laughs> so in honor of uh, the most wonderful holiday of the year, uh, despite what Ruben says, uh, we are going to actually talk about the origins of some of the, um, what are they called? Fuck, I can't think of the word now. Um, Samhain? No. no. Um, oh, some of the Halloween traditions. Traditions. Yeah, Thank that's you. the bitch. Yeah. And we were we were originally, yes. we were planning on talking Did... about Samhain. Yeah. Like the, the real legitimate origins of Halloween itself. Yeah. But guys, it's so fucking boring. Yeah, it's so dry. We, it's like, we like the history. leaves of autumn. We love history. Love me a good historical tale. Luckily for you, that two, ain't a good. I've one. hit the last button that I will deem podcast safe. <laughs> <laughs> so eat shit is that is our podcast. Listen, man, I was gonna hit one that I will show you later if you remember, because that we could not have played on this podcast <laughs> at all. So yeah, I made an executive decision uh, Friday. Like literally two days before we recorded, <laughs> that no, it just wasn't going to work. So uh, I did oh, find. Sorry, this is just fun as a tangent. Um, do you remember a minute ago when you told us that you were you had maybe you thought that maybe your whiteness had made you mishear a word in a song? Yeah. Okay. Well, I had. Excuse me. I had the uh, opposite experience <laughs> at work yesterday. With a customer of mine who happened to be of the black persuasion, and oh, this guy, shit. yeah, next to us, Fuck. was like getting an automated call or a text or something, and it read his phone read it out, and he was like, it was like, hi, Edward, and me and this guy look over, and then we look <laughs> at each other, and we just start giggling because like it was, <laughs> and we I thought... saw y'all start laughing too, and I was like, what the hell is going on we over there? Full, he was like, did his phone? I was like, I think it said Edward, because we heard, hi, N-word. <laughs> like, it was so fucking funny. But, uh, oh. so, so yeah, so what we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to just going to break down where some of the, uh, the more popular Halloween traditions. We got, and, we got bite-sized halloween yeah, Little bite-sized Halloween bits. Nothing major. Um, just some little fun things. I'm going to remind you guys, since we're probably not going to hit on this since we did it last year, no one's trying to give your kids drugs on Halloween. They're also not putting razors in the candy. Yeah, It's just not happening. It happened like one time ever. Although, and it was uh, the fucking parents of the kid who did it. Yeah, yeah. for media attention. It Although is. literally, like in the last two days, there's been a news story about rainbow fentanyl. Yes, I'm fucking positive that there has. Because for sure, somebody wants to give your child fentanyl. You know why they don't? Because it's expensive, Don. <laughs> Drugs cost money. 
Yeah. I don't think people realize this, but drugs cost money, and usually people who do drugs don't like to give their drugs away for free. Yeah, that's that's what. And what to what end? To, to, right. So let's say, okay, let's just say you give a kid fentanyl. Uh-huh. I don't even fucking know what fentanyl is. Is it like an opiate? Yeah, it's the it basically the strongest opiate. Okay. I, there there might be one or two a little bit stronger than fentanyl, okay. but it's so let's say you give a kid fentanyl. Let's yeah. say that kid does not die or overdose. Which on they fentanyl. they do one hundred percent do that, but right where in in the realm of this, sure, sure, sure. If you don't tell the kid, I'm giving you fentanyl. Tell me what you think. Right, and that kid gets high on fentanyl, and that kid thinks it ate a smarty. It's just going to go after Smarties. How are you going to get that kid to continue eating fentanyl? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It makes no The story does not make fucking sense. Have we mentioned not at how all. fentanyl can kill you with oh, yeah. no fentanyl? What do you mean? Yeah, uh, the the um, withdrawals can kill you. No, 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 no. I mean that the, the dosage of fentanyl that you can get uh, is so astronomically low that people die on accident when they're taking it and they are experienced drug users because that shit is super powerful. Right. But but what I'm saying, what we're saying is what good comes, I mean, aside from being just an anarchistic asshole, what good comes from giving kids fentanyl as don't, Halloween don't, candy? Only, don't put that on the anarchists. They're fine people. I'm, the, you know, the, dude, it's people want to believe scary shit. The, the, those news stories are the equivalent of campfire stories. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> of um, <clears throat> for teenagers in on a camping trip, it's it's exactly the same, but for adults, right? And it's for adults who, oh Jesus, have something in common. I got too excited. Have something <laughs> in common with me, which is their skepticism of actual supernatural events. And something that is quite unlike me, which is that their superstition simply takes another equally as strong form. And that form is wanting to believe that criminals are literally comic book villains. Yeah, right. right. Speaking of comic book villains, tantric, um, there's a new horror movie that came out called Smile. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've seen this. Have you seen what the fuck they've been doing? Yeah, so the, nope. the director or the writer The whole or whoever. concept of the movie is that people start doing like evil shit, like killing people with huge smiles on their face. Uh-huh. Recently, at like baseball games. The, the director or the producers or whoever hired people to wear shirts that just have very crudely like sharpied on the word smile written on the front of them a couple of them didn't have it but uh most of them have to go to baseball games and just sit with a big creepy fucking yeah. grin on their face through the whole game and stare straight into the cameras yeah. that are there as advertising for the movie which is just phenomenal yeah. that advertising is an... oh my god <laughs> You gotta admire the craftsmanship yeah. on that yeah. one. There's no explanation. Great. Nothing. No. Just, just And how do you not catch the attention of the motherfucker that you're staring at? Yeah. Right. <laughs> With a big evil smile on your right. face. Right. So speaking of big evil smiles, the first legend and tradition we're gonna talk about is vampires again. But oh, just just okay, briefly yeah, we'll and what, a whole bit about these. Yeah. So more than two hundred years after the Salem witch trials, ripples of another hysteria struck New England, and that was the fear of vampires. 
Yo, wait, I missed that when I did my vampire script? I'm sorry, you said New England? Yes. Don't you mean vampires? Vampires. Vampires. Yeah, Yeah, the vampires. They suck suck on your neck, and then then you get a cold soul. It's just evil. So uh, during the 19th century, the spread of tuberculosis, or consumption, claimed the lives of entire families in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Vermont, and other parts of the Northeast. Well, um... I think I'm sorry about my accent joke a minute ago now. <laughs> it's 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 been a while. Still so it's still vampires, you fuck. Yeah. Between seventeen eighty six, when health officials first began recording mortality rates in eighteen hundred, the disease claimed two percent of New England's population. That's a fucking lot of people. Back in those days, yeah. That two percent of any population is pretty significant. Yeah. Well yeah, you figure two percent of the population right now is what, thirty or six million? Of of America or the world? Of America. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 2% of the world population is like 400 million. Uh, 400, yeah, 400 million. Something yeah, like that. Something mm-hmm. like that. So the death toll yeah. was not only terrifying, it was also a horrific way to die. We, we went to school in America. Fuck off. <laughs> so um, a retired Connecticut state archaeologist, Nicholas Balatoni, said consumptives, people who died from tuberculosis, would lose weight they would cough up blood, their skin turned ashen, and sometimes they would die a slow death, almost as if someone or something was sucking the life out of them. Now, England, New Englanders didn't deny the reality of consumption, but before the germ theory, at a time when physicians were unable to explain how certain infectious diseases were spread, hopeless villagers believed that some of those who perished from consumption <coughs> didn't know how to handle their weed. Oh, not the Scooby Snacks. What's a Scooby Snack? It's when you hit a pipe and some of the the weed from and the ash from in oh. the pipe gets sucked through and goes straight oh. in your mouth down your throat. Oh Lord! Yeah, that that's a Scooby Snack. Some people call it scoops, and then it gets called scoop scoops scoop Scooby Snack. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this has been the Stoner lesson of the day. <sighs> that's rough, buddy. So, uh, hopeless villagers believe that some of those who perished from consumption preyed upon their living family members, and some describe New England vampires as a microbe or bacterium with fangs. So, <laughs> so to prevent an ongoing vampire attack and the disease from spreading, panicked citizens dug up bodies and performed various rituals, including burning internal organs. Yeah, because that's that's fucking with dead bodies is yeah, great especially for health. Bodies that died from tuberculosis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's aerosolize it into the smoke. Yeah. So, I mean, what do they know? Yeah, true. So one such one. This such... is what we mean when we were talking about how humans have gotten smarter <laughs> over time. Yes. <coughs> so one we no longer intentionally aerosol diseases. It's yeah. not even like that. We're smarter. It's that we have the benefit of generations of trial and error. Yeah, right. You know, to to build off of. So one such exhumation took place in March 1892 at the Chestnut Hill Cemetery in Exeter, Rhode Island. Local people brought shovels and picks and together exhumed the corpse of Mary Brown and her daughters, 20-year-old Mary Olive and 19-year-old Mercy Lena. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Mary Brown. Yeah. Mary Olive. Yeah. And Mercy Lena. 
Uh-huh. Guess which one they liked most. <laughs> Each of the women had grown sickly, wasting away and eventually succumbing to a mysterious affliction. Doctors thought they knew the cause of death, but the concerned citizens had another theory. George Brown was among those who believed something more might be lurking on his farm. How did her daughter have an, a different name than her in that time? Or was that her middle name? It was her middle name. <clears throat> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, shortly after Mercy Lena passed away, his son Edwin fell ill too. Now, desperate to save the last of his kin, George gave the townspeople permission to dig up the bodies of his wife and daughters. What are you there's doing? A, there's a cat, man. Okay. Yeah, he's cute. Right. I got a pet him. All right. So once unearthed, the crowd discovered that the corpses of Mary and Mary Olive had rotted away. I don't want to skip over that uh, too fast. How fucking desperate would you have to be to allow your town to dig up the bodies of your wife and children to specifically cut them open and burn parts of them? Yeah, fair enough. Nah, that's desperation. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, the corpses of Mary and Mary Olive had rotted away. Mercy's that's, body. That's the same reason people eventually end up at a church begging for healing right. on TV. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't you don't end up there as a not a paid actor, literally, if you are not incredibly desperate and willing to believe anything can help. Right. Yeah, like all those new Facebook scams that you see. Have you seen those? Where it's like, I got in touch with Dr whatever the fuck who fixed my love life with healing and yeah mm. see him in comment sections a lot and it'll like tag some you know scam artist mm-hmm. but i'm sure those dudes rake in a whole lot of money yep. because yep desperate people do desperate things so mercy's body on the other hand was oddly well preserved despite lying in a crypt for several months it looked as if her hair and nails had grown and when pierced her delicate skin still contained drops of blood. For those who had gathered, these telltale signs confirmed their suspicions. Mercy was a vampire. Now, a village doctor witnessed <laughs> a village doctor witnessed the makeshift grayside autopsy and reiterated the suspected cause of death. He explained how the you know the one that makes blood pool up in your whole system. That one. That's the one that did it. Hey guys. Hey. Hey, guys, guys, guys. All right, well, all right, right, I tried. He explained how the cold New England weather would have kept her body preserved. The townspeople wouldn't listen. Panicked, they removed Mercy's heart and burned it on a nearby rock. It is believed that, in ritualistic fashion, Edwin then consumed the ashes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Gotta love that hysteria. Unfortunately, you do some real crazy shit. Yeah. Unfortunately, it did nothing to slow the progression of his illness. The young what? S- the young sales clerk died a few months later. I can't uh, wait believe until, it. Wait until we fucking talk about the witch trials and the yeah. shit they would make him do to prove whether or not they were a witch then. So the Mary Brown exhumations God in Rhode Island, known then as the vampire capital of America, was just one among tens of similar exhumations throughout New England at the time. Henry David Thoreau even mentions one in an 1859 journal. I don't want to gloss over how recent that is. <laughs> so what year was it again? 1859. Yeah. But no, I don't know. I don't know if Thoreau was like talking about, you know, I believe it or if he was like, can you believe these motherfuckers? Either way, that means yeah. somebody at the time did believe it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, thinking about it, though, 1859, actually now, um, 
almost 200 years ago. I know that's still it's relatively recent quite. in yeah. human history, but that's almost <laughs> 200 years. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, that's not that many generations, if you feel me. Yeah, that's Three, true. maybe four. Yeah, I was about mm. to say, that's like four generations. Yeah. <clears throat> so Michael Bell, a folklorist on, and author of the book Food for the Dead on the Trail of New England's Vampires, states that the authentic image of New England's vampires would be a corpse that did not appear to have been completely decomposed, one that had fresh, that is, liquid, blood in its heart, or other vital organs, which indicated that the corpse had been inhabited by some sort of evil, spiritual evil, not corporeal, that was draining the life from living family members. People- so, yeah, it was the exact same Dude. roots as it had in... Um- Medieval or victim yeah. blaming yeah. in the 1800s is insane. Oh yeah, 2022 could never. No, <clears throat> think victim blaming is bad now. Woo! So people believe that the spiritual connection that some suspected vampires had with their living relatives allowed them to gain access to their victims without even leaving their graves. Now, the practice of exhuming the deceased to halt the evil practices of vampires was likely introduced to New England by traveling healers from Eastern Europe and Germany. One clue, says Bell, is that this is a 1784 letter to the editor published in a Willington, Connecticut newspaper in which a town official complained about a foreign quack doctor who was promoting the consumption ritual and had induced a townsman to exhume the bodies of his two children. The term quack doctor existed in this time period. Excellent. Bell has documented (laughs) over 80 vampire rituals in New England and continues to uncover new cases. He estimates the practice began no later than 1784 and persisted through at least 1892. This, I want you all to understand that this is during the time that America is founded. Right. Yeah, literally. And we are yeah. young. Mm-hmm. Like, this is most of Europe and all the other places. Actually, they pretty um, much figured this shit out by now. America was about 100 years old as its own country at this point. Yeah, in 1892. In 1892, yeah. but he just said it started, started as early as 1784. Oh, okay, so yes, like a few literally years. Right, right after, yeah. yeah, not even 10 years into America's right. sovereignty. But still, like, that's, we're a young country, is what I'm saying, and this went on for a long time. Like, from at least, what'd you say, 17, 1784 to, to 1892, so over A little bit over 100 years. years. Yeah, 108 years. So the evidence also suggests that the practice was known and accepted. Like 1892 is exactly 100 years before I was born, which means that there are people who are alive who were like maybe not many of them, but like every year somebody who's like 101 dies. You know what I'm saying? Right. People were alive back then that that somebody on this planet knows. So the evidence also suggests that this practice was known and accepted and sometimes actually endorsed by the community at large, by town authorities, and even the clergymen. So in parts of Massachusetts and Maine, bodies were simply flipped over and left alone. In Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Vermont, uh, villagers burned the hearts and livers from bodies of suspected vampires. In the 1990s, I think this is, oh yeah, okay, I'm sorry. In the 1990s, archaeologists discovered 29 skeletons in a gravel pit in Griswold, Connecticut, which had once served as a colonial-era graveyard. I have a I have a tangential tidbit because you made me think of it talking about archaeologists digging up skeletons. Yeah. George Washington did not know that dinosaurs existed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. The first dinosaur fossils were not discovered until several years after George Washington died. Yes. Which is a fucked up way to think about the how recently in human history we yeah. learned very you major think things. That, you think that us, you, the audience, the, the you know, the you of the The, ro- the royal you. <clears throat> it's like, you. we thought that the fucking, that, you know, dinosaurs were lizards, and now it is common knowledge and taught in schools and shit that dinosaurs had feathers, that they're basically birds, but huge. Yeah. Like, do you know how crazy that is? We're still learning about these creatures now as if they are new as they relatively kind of are. Yeah. Which I always love, too. The meme that goes around every now and then that's like, imagine the first archaeologist that found, like, a Triceratops skull. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? This weird fucked up elephant. (laughs) So the bodies in the grave, uh, the mass grave, showed no signs of tuberculosis and had been rearranged into skull and crossbone patterns. The case, known as the Jewett City Vampires, revealed one of the more unusual consumption rituals. If enough time had passed and there was nothing but skeletal remains and no sign of soft tissue, uh, they, meaning the New Englanders, had to make a decision as to whether the corpse was undead. Uh, if villagers believed that they had uncovered the undead, they would rearrange the bones by decapitation and sometimes uproot the legs to prevent the vampire from leaving the grave. Yeah, cutting corpse head o- heads off. I think it's just a, a, th- a thing that they wanted to do, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, what else did you do to pass the time back then, right. really? The vampire folk belief uh, started winding down by the end of the 19th century when German physician and microbiologist Robert Koch or Koch, we'll go with Koch, it's safer, identify the bacteria responsible. Listen to how restrained we were. (laughs) I I just want you to understand (laughs) that we did share a look. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, He identified the bacteria responsible for tuberculosis. Science then slowly began to replace folklore in explaining diseases that had claimed so many lives and devastated families. These people in early New England history were just trying to stop the death, said Bellatoni. They were desperate, And when all else failed, some families were willing to go into the graves if it meant saving themselves and their families. That's what I was talking about when I was talking about desperation. That was a long pause. Sorry about that. Yeah, I was looking at a cat. They will never know. So the next uh, thing we're going to come talk about is why do riches why why do witches ride brooms? Um, because brewery. Well, we'll find out. By the way, everybody, this comes from history, uh, the history.com uh, website. So if you want to check it out yourself, just type in history.com and look for uh, Halloween uh, traditions. So the evil green-skinned witch flying... There's, there's, on... been, there's been a lot going on. We're pulling directly from a website yeah. on this one. Sorry, guys, if you had any idea. Uh, a hurricane happened, and then a, a metaphorical hurricane happened. Yes. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so the evil green-skinned witch flying on her magic broomstick may be a Halloween icon and a well-known stereotype, but the actual history behind how witches came to be associated with such everyday household object is anything but dull. Now, it's not clear exactly when the broom itself was first invented, but the act of sweeping goes back to ancient times, when people likely used bunches of thin sticks, reeds, and other natural fibers to sweep aside dust or ash from a fire or hearth. <clears throat> 
This household task even shows up in the New Testament, which dates to the 1st and 2nd centuries AD. Now, the word broom comes from the actual plant or shrub that was used to make early sweeping devices. It gradually replaced the old English word besom, though... Uh, what did? The word broom. Broom replaced besom? Besom. Uh, though both terms appear to have been used until at least the 18th century. From the beginning, brooms and besoms were associated primarily with women, and this ubiquitous household object became a powerful symbol of female domesticity. Now, despite this, the first witch to confess riding a broom or besom was a man, named Guillaume Edelin. Edelin was a priest from Saint-Germain-en-Laye, near Paris, he was arrested in 1453 and tried for witchcraft after publicly publicly confessing, uh, I'm sorry, after publicly criticizing the church's warnings about witches. Mm-hmm. His confession came under torture and he eventually repented but was still in prison for life. Dude, By the, they did not fuck around with that shit no. at all. By the time of Edlin's confession, the idea of witches riding around on broomsticks was already well established. The earliest known image of witches on brooms dates back to 1451 when two illustrations appeared in the French poet Martin Lefranc's manuscript Le Champion des Dames, or The Defender of the Ladies. In the two drawings, <laughs> one woman soars through the air on a broom, the other flies around a plain white on aboard a plain white stick. Both wear headscarves that identify them as Waldensians, members of a Christian sect founded in the 12th century who were branded as heretics by the Catholic Church, partly because they allowed women to become priests. Mm -hmm. Anthropologist Robin Skelton suggests the association between witches and brooms may have roots in a pagan fertility ritual in which rural farmers would leap and dance astride poles, pitchforks, or brooms in the light of the full moon to encourage the growth of their crops. This broomstick dance, she writes, became confused with common accounts of witches flying through the night on their way to orgies and other illicit meetings. They were just having a good time. Well, you can't do that in that time. That's true. Yeah, no, having fun was strictly forbidden. Yeah. Broomsticks Very were, strictly. Yeah. Broomsticks were also thought to be the perfect vehicles for the special ointments and salves that the witches brewed up to give I'm themselves... I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, church today still be doing that type of shit. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, no. Fun is prohibited. <laughs> <laughs> Fun is prohibited, is all I'm saying. It's, like it's it's <clears throat> it's real bad. Uh, thought to be the perfect vehicles for the special ointments and salves the witches brewed to give themselves the ability to fly, among other depraved activities. In 1324, flying is definitely a depraved activity. When the wealthy Irish <laughs> widow Lady Alice, we, we spit in the face of God. <laughs> <laughs> Irish widow Lady Alice Kiteller was tried for sorcery and heresy. Investigators reported that in searching Kiteller's house, they found a quote-unquote pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she ambled and galloped through the thick and thin. So in other words, she lubed up a pole and rode around on it. <clears throat> Look, I'm not here to kink shame. I was going to say, I've, I've probably jerked off to that video. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same. Like, <laughs> Don't you fucking lie to yourself and say that you haven't. <laughs> Pharmacologist David Kroll writes in Forbes that alleged witches in the Middle Ages were thought to concoct their Fuck brews. my mom listens to this. 
Hello, Mrs. White. Your son's a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, alleged that said that. You know alleged... what's funny is so does mine. <laughs> <laughs> mine doesn't. Fuck How off, dare Don. you pull that card right now, you <laughs> son of a bitch! I can't believe this. <laughs> so you don't know that this is true. <laughs> if you guys are right, she doesn't. So David Kroll... I never said I was right, except for every time when I was right. Yeah. So David Kroll writes in Forbes that alleged witches in the Middle Ages were thought to concoct their brews from such plants as uh, Deadly Nightshade, Hinbane, Mandrake, and Jimson Weed, all of which would have produced hallucinogenic chemicals known as tropane alkaloids. Now, according to some historical... Tropane alkaloids is a fucking great band name. (laughs) And for goddamn sure, they didn't know what the fucking alkaloid was oh, in yeah. the 1400s when they were fighting witches all the time. <coughs> so according to some historical accounts, rather than ingest these mind-altering substances by eating or drinking, which would have caused intestinal distress, witches chose to absorb them through the skin, often in the most intimate areas of their bodies. In his book, Murder, Magic, and Medicine... John Mann. A dildo that makes you high is maybe the best idea I've ever heard for making money <laughs> immediately. Hey, Ruben. Hey, Ruben. It's a thing. No way. There are uh, THC-infused lubricants. Whoever, I mean, it's going to make doing rich. God's work. There's Oh, there's a story about uh, a girl who... Um, she tried some, and it just, like, wasn't the best, uh, like, I- I- entry method mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it didn't really do the same thing that, like, edibles or smoking mm-hmm. did. So uh, she did the most sensible thing that uh, she could think of, which was uh, she just drank the whole bottle. <laughs> and she was bedridden for three days. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> too stoned to function. <laughs> because it did say... Safe to consume on the thing. so As most lubes need to be. Yeah. For various reasons. <laughs> so many. And, <laughs> and uh, really only one reason. So but... she was like, well, I'm not going to waste my money. So she just drank the rest of her THC. The infused... rest of it, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the part that maybe was not a good idea was that it was the rest of it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so she said her boyfriend had to take care of her for three days because she was too stoned to function how is it that we do we do a halloween episode and we can still talk about hallucinogenic dildos <laughs> because right. people believed witches were on some sh- future shit so in his book murder <laughs> Truly ahead of their time. like way ahead <laughs> in his book murder magic and medicine John like the Catholic Church from the 1800s has invented so many sex toys by accident like I like <laughs> and sex symbols dude who doesn't want to fuck a vampire from, you know what I'm saying right like bondage definitely came from like oh, them being yeah. like it's wrong to orgies and they're tying each other up and it's it's pagan rituals and everybody was like oh someone saw a Uh-oh. crucifixion Wait a and was like hmm what if what but, if sexier you know what if somebody did see like them string somebody up literally and they were like <laughs> but i wish that was me though <laughs> god i wish that was me so John Mann cites a 15th century text by the theologian Jordanus de Bergamo, 
who wrote that, quote-unquote, the vulgar believe and the witches confess that on certain days or nights they anoint a staff and ride it Right on it to the appointed place or anoint It is them. just sex yeah. about witches, dude. It uh, is literally dude, just ladies are having sex and we don't like it. Um, yeah, write it on to write on it to their anointed place or anoint themselves under the arms and in other hairy places. So it's <laughs> it's imp- well, you do know back in those days all women were hairy. They didn't shave back then. What? They were human? Yeah. Mammals? I can't believe it. So it's pos- it's impossible. It's just very funny the way you read it. Don <laughs> other hairy and places. Other hairy places. Wink wink, wink nudge nudge nudge. nudge. <laughs> So it's impossible to know whether such stories reported at the height of anxiety over witchcraft in Europe in the Middle Ages reflected reality or not. Most of what we know about medieval witchcraft today comes from the records of religious inquisitors, legal officials, and testimony from accused witches themselves, often while being tortured. I swear to Christ, I will send you to Jesus. Beginning in Don't, the se- Don, he has a button for that. I know. It's too late. Beginning in the seventeenth, way too late. Beginning in the seventeenth century, you're gonna love it though. Accounts of witches using broomsticks to fly up and out of chimneys became more commonplace, even as women began more clo- became more closely associated with the household and domestic sphere uh, than ever before. According to one custom, women would prop a broom up outside a door or place it up a chimney to let others know that they were away from the home. Inquisition. <laughs> our chief weapon is surprise. Surprise and fear. Fear is our two weapons. Our fear and surprise and ruth is our three. Right. See, you got me. I knew. Motherfucker, yep. you throw Bonnie Python at me and don't expect me to go off on a tantric. We, I mean, that's my job. <laughs> Ruben is dancing. I'm yes, he is. Right now. Grooving, dude. <laughs> Perhaps because of this. I'm suffering right now, honestly. The ADHD <laughs> shit is going off the rails for me popular legend embraced the idea that witches left their houses through their chimneys even though very few accused they're a reverse santa claus yes nice even though very few accused witches ever confessed to doing so popular anxiety about witchcraft had even torture can't make a motherfucker be like no i did not crawl through that dirty ass (laughs) chimney right (laughs) it's go look at it it's dirty if i'd gone through it i would have wiped some off so pop- disgusting yeah. up there. So popular anxiety about witchcraft has subsided by the 18th century. Although there are still plenty of self-identified witches in the United States today, thanks to the growth of neo-pagan religious traditions like Wicca, few of them claim to be taking to the skies aboard their trusty brooms. But the image of witches flying on broomsticks and doors, especially on Halloween, I've got yeah. There's there's a really thriving like modernized pagan group of people. Like it's huge i've got uh our our friend cody who uh we did the advertisement for the book for uh yeah. way back when it was like last christmas yeah um yeah he's practicing neo-nordic pagan yeah yeah a lot of people are doing that lately cool granted the neo-nordic have the cooler like symbols and yeah, 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 yeah. glyphs and man oh the sigils are so good so uh the next story we're talking about haunted houses like actual like Going to a haunted house oh, type cool. haunted houses. I was going to say, I, we've done too many haunted houses lately. No, no, no. <laughs> this is, no. So the Great Depression was a time of great economic and social change that Yo. affected... Did haunted houses start during the Great Depression? Yes. I actually knew that. I did not. Yeah. Yep. Neat. 
So it's very cool too. It was a time of great economic and social change that affected many parts of American life. You know what? I'll be honest. Um, one of the reasons that this happened is one of the reasons that I love shit like Trunk or Treat, even though it's like a very churchy shit yeah, thing uh-huh. to do. But like, it is like, you know, a lot of times you set up your trunk as a little shitty little webbed up thing. And like, yeah. kids will come by who you know cannot go trick or treating in the neighborhoods they're coming from. Yeah. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? And then you let them trick or treat in the safe little parking lot with a bunch of old ladies. Like, it's great. Yeah. So parents concerned about their sons running amok on Halloween organized haunted houses or trails to keep them off the streets. Halloween had long been a night of revelry for adults and children, seen as positive outlets for young men to blow off steam. That's never a good phrase to hear. No. This ranged from stealing neighbors' gates off their hinges to stealing dead bodies. See, one of those is fun and mostly harmless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you can put that shit back without too much trouble, like, okay. But, like, the second one, though. (laughs) Yeah. One of these things is not not like the other. In 1879, about 200 boys in Kentucky stopped a train by laying a fake stuffed body across the railroad tracks. In 1900, medical students at the university... I don't know how I feel about that one, actually. (laughs) Especially when someone in our county just got hit by a train like a week ago. Yeah, it's on the line, though, for me. It's like it would have been harmless, technically. Oh, it was was on the line. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) literally. But, like, it would have made a great video, is all I'm saying. Sure, I don't know sure. if they had video recording technology. In 1879? No. no. But, it, it, like, today, <laughs> if that shit happened actually, today... Actually, maybe in its very early infancy. Not, not like, widespread, no, though, was, for sure. Edison did the first motion picture, and that was the early 1900s. Really? I'm almost positive. I think... If I'm remembering my Red Dead Redemption correctly, they had projections, <laughs> but nothing moved yet. Uh, 1888 was so the very go. first video recording. Well, not video, but film. The first video recording, or more accurately, the oldest surviving film in existence, was the Round Hay Garden scene. The silent short that's only about two seconds in length was filmed at the Whitley family house in... Oakwood Grange Road, Round Hay, a suburb of Leeds, Yorkshire, in Great Britain in 1888. Okay, so we were still nine years off. So in 1900, medical students at the University of Michigan stole a headless corpse from the anatomy lab and propped it against the building's front doors. Um, these are real borderline to me, and they're <laughs> fucking falling on the wrong side of the line, I think. Okay. Um, this is the only evening on which a boy can feel free to play pranks outdoors without danger of being pinched, and it's his delight to scare passing pedestrians, ring doorbells, and carry off the neighbor's gates, espoused one boy's craft guide. According to... <laughs> hey, kids, pull harmless pranks. Yeah. Don't steal bodies, please. <laughs> According to the guide, even if a boy had to fetch the gate he stole out of the tree he left it in... <laughs> The punishment is nothing compared with the sports the pranks have furnished him. There was plenty of... Basically, if you steal your neighbor's gate, it's really fucking funny, even if you have to put it back tomorrow. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, TP that house, but you just know you got to clean that shit up for sure. 
There were plenty of people who didn't see this as a harmless fun before the Great Depression. However, the economic disaster exacerbated young men's Halloween antics, leading to increased public concern and anger. In 1933, parents were outraged when hundreds of teenage boys flipped over cars, sawed off telephone poles, and engaged. Holy shit. Yeah, engaged. That, in, that ain't no, that's not groups of teenage boys. That's mobs of yeah. teenage boys. <laughs> um, and engaged in other acts of vandalism across the country. People began to refer to that year's Can holiday. Can you imagine doing some shit like that with your high school friends? Like flipping a car? Maybe. Sure, Maybe. sure. But like fucking infrastructure damage, dude, that's federal. Like, I'm not going to jail for you. Well, not to mention the fact that, like, good chance you're going to die cutting down electrical lines. Yeah. Like, fuck off. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know those dick, electric dude. lines weren't insulated back in the 1930s. Hell no. Surprised like they, they didn't die the second the saw touched the wood. So people began... Just shit burst into flame and right. die. Yeah, for sure. People began to refer to that year's holiday as Black Halloween. Similarly, similarly to this the is what I'm talking about. See, the associations we have with words are important. <laughs> <laughs> similarly to the way they referred to the stock market crash four years earlier as Black Tuesday. Some cities considered banning the Halloween. only one that's good is Black Friday. And even that sucks. And even that one is like God, that one's actually maybe the worst. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever worked in retail during Black Friday. Hey, bud. I have. <laughs> I sure have. Both Walmart and Target. Oof, oof, Although oof. for me, when I worked in retail, it was Publix, <clears throat> the supermarket. So my <laughs> I mean, worst day now, was dude. the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was horrible, mm-hmm. and I hated that day. Yeah, how mm-hmm. many times did you have to say the phrase, no, we don't have any turkeys left? Oh, I didn't. I was in produce. How many times did you have to say the phrase, no, we don't have any yams left? Never did, because they made sure we had that shit. Oh, yeah. I had to unload those boxes. Oh, <laughs> dude. Oh, Walmart and Target, both, you would have to unload monstrous amounts of bullshit. Like, oh, we got like, four trucks today? We Usually, we only get one truck, right? Why yeah. do we have four trucks? Oh, well, three of them the f- are yams. Yeah, and then yeah. you look at the goddamn calendar, and you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> yep. So some cities considered banning Halloween altogether. Yet in many communities, the response was to... No more dancing (laughs) in the town of whatever the fuck, Footloose. Footloose. Footloose town. Footloose Uh, town. No dancing. Bad. Uh, The response was to organize Halloween activities for young people so that they didn't run amok. Trunk or treat. They started to organize trick-or-treating, parties, costume parades, and yes, haunted houses to keep them busy. Uh, That's actually fucking Very wholesome. Very good. Yeah. What a great way. They gave them a purge night. You see? Communities coming together, you don't require certain that is a, officials no, to that be is around a for that. Practical fucking solution. Yeah, have you seen? There's signs all over. There's like a like a haunted trail thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Here. Yeah, my wife looked up the prices. It's five dollars to park, and it's twenty nine dollars a ticket. Well, fuck that. Yeah, but there's uh-huh. I mean there's four trails, but still. That's not bad for like a touristy type yeah. of thing, but like for a local, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, not be... when I could probably walk them trails tomorrow when you're gone for fucking free. Yeah, but there wouldn't be anybody jumping around at you. No, but it, you could go at nighttime, and I bet there's animals. How sure. the fuck hard would it be to sneak in? Uh, probably not very. not very. Let's go, Ruben. Well, it's in uh-huh. a shotgun, um, like a 
gun range. I don't know if I'd want to try to sneak into something like that. Well, if it's in a gun range, it's actually way safer if there are people in the range part. Yeah. Because <laughs> they will not allow guns to be shot during that time. Mm. Well, and especially if it's like because... a haunted thing, so they're expecting people to be skulking around in the woods. And like, yeah. I've always... Another tangent. Oh, I've, um, I, I have no problem doing that, by the way. We fully should. We fully absolutely do. You, me, and Kat, we have a plan, though. I would love to do a haunted house. Like like do one? Yeah, like yeah. make one. Yeah, yeah, Because uh, I've always, like, especially if we did, like, for our show, like, Urban Legends Haunted House. Right. Well, somebody has to be the next Russ McCamey. So There you go. I mean, that's... So who's willing for me to punch <laughs> oh, you in the face? <laughs> But no, could you imagine like going into like a like a room? Well, I know like... that if it ain't if it ain't about Jesus, I'm gonna hit you with this K. That's all I know. <laughs> but you go into a wooded room and you have like like a fake Slenderman to where it looks like he's way off in the distance, mm-hmm. and then, you know it lights up and you see Slenderman, and you actually have someone on stilts as Slenderman come up behind you. Or I've seen people do some very good Jack Skellington costumes yeah. with the same. I want to. I want to use our vast stores of podcast money whenever that does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To build a maze house. Oh shit! That we can just like have as a vacation spot yeah. that's functional, but also like a haunted house or like a thing, you know, like special events type shit. That's, we'll so see, cool. what we need is a large building that we can have our studio in, mm-hmm. and then we can just urban legend theme the whole thing. Have the yeah, one we room need a maze house that is the studio. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And you know if, that, if you look to your left, you'll see the scariest thing in the entire world. <gasps> Podcasters! <laughs> you do know that Ethan uh, worked for Universal one year, a student doing uh, set decorations for mm-hmm, Halloween nice. Horror Nights. Yeah. So we could get his ass to come back from Philly. Anyways, so... Why, um, why would we do that to him? What? Why would the fuck would you ever want to come back to Florida? <laughs> I know. Like the rest of the internet can fuck off with all your Florida jokes. They're I'm tired. But like seriously though, fuck Florida. Yeah. <laughs> like So a party pamphlet from nineteen thirty seven advised the following Hang old fur, strips of raw liver on walls where one feels his way to dark steps. <laughs> on how to create trails of terror. Whew, health regulations were yeah. a different thing. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Weird moans and howls come from dark corners. Damp sponges and hairnets hung from the ceiling to touch his face. I've been to orgies. Yeah. Doorways are blockaded so the guests must Have crawl you. through a long, dark tunnel. Again, yeah, orgies. Have you, though? For real? You don't know. I don't, but I have my suspicions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have never been to an orgy, Ruben. Uh, Haunted or spooky? No, I look like this. They don't let me in. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I have a roommate who definitely has been to orgies. <laughs> and you know and you know the difference what yeah, he don't you know what I'm saying? Like he's you are you're way cuter is all I'm saying. <laughs> so haunted or spooky public attractions <clears throat> already had some precedent in Europe. Starting in the 1800s, uh, Marie Tussauds Wax Museum in London featured a chamber of horrors with decapitated figures from the French Revolution. In 1915, that's great, actually. A British amusement ride manufacturer created an early haunted house complete with dim lights, shaking floors, and demonic screams. These are early American haunted house. These early American haunted houses were small, nonprofit affairs held in residential neighborhoods. So you've inspired me with your Madame Tussaud mention. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I was trying to remember the phrase that I was forgetting. 
Because you said Mary? Yeah, her real name was Mary. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I knew that that was correct, right? But yeah. I've heard of Madame Tussauds too much, and I just couldn't remember Madame. Yeah, so those wax dummies, I don't know for sure about the decapitated ones, but the the other ones are incredibly realistic. Oh, yeah. Frighteningly yeah. so. We did, when Brandon and I went to Vegas, we went uh-huh. to the Madame Tussauds at the Venetian. Yeah. And it was crazy how real. So I can only imagine how real the decapitated ones must oh, yeah. have been. Well, it, back in the 1800s or early 1900s, probably not that. They, I don't know, man. Wax? They probably frequent. Well, I mean, think think about how, how real looking like the statue of David is. Yeah, true. You know, it's people, people have, have known how to realistic. make faces for a long time. But the people who sculpted those decapitated wax dummies had to know what decapitations actually look like in order to depict them in a real way, right? Yeah. And it makes me think of like so people who work on Mortal Kombat games. Mortal Kombat. Um those a lot Finish. of those people have had to undergo serious therapy because they have <laughs> to look at research materials in order to make realistic depictions of dismemberments and shit out. for Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and some of them are very fantastical like that, but the people who do the art for that often have to have help after artists because, go hard you yeah know, dude man. artists are artists go hard for their craft oh yeah uh but i can only imagine the people who sculpted those decapitated sculptures that they must have had like 10 times worse because they are literally molding the wax in front of themselves mm-hmm. they're to... making it look like it yes yeah, like yeah and that's insane to me that's i just want to go on that little tangent real quick because yeah because crazy. at the end of the thing you're doing you will be holding what looks like a dead <laughs> yes, human's dude. fucking head what looks like a very convincing dead human but yeah it was funny because that trip when it was just me and brandon i got three pictures of him the entire trip uh-huh. well i'm sorry five pictures two he was unaware i took because he was asleep those times uh-huh. of the three he was aware i took one i forced him yeah. To take a picture with me. Uh-huh. Another one, I kind of caught him off guard. We were sitting down by an aquarium and I took a picture. The only one the little fucker posed for was at Madame Tussauds Wax Museum <laughs> and it was Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had to pose with Nicolas Cage. He's a god. You know what? He doesn't. Does he listen to this? No. But... Okay, good. Because that's a fucking galaxy brain move right there. <laughs> 100%. No, that's... dude. He's building a persona, and I like where he's going. Yeah. <laughs> you you have the best of Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> All right, so these early American haunted houses were small, nonprofit affairs held in residential neighborhoods. In later decades, larger organizations began to host their own haunted houses at fun, as fundraisers or commercial attractions. The most famous and influential one was Disneyland's Haunted Mansion in 1969, which had an extremely high production value for its day. Since then, America's Haunted Attractions has become more and more elaborate. American Haunts estimates that there are over 1,200 haunted attractions that change admission fees, that charge admission fees now. This ends at Omega Mart, by the way. Oh, yeah. But as in the Great Depression, there are still plenty of small-scale haunts in American neighborhoods that parents put on for free using their own home, yards, and imaginations. But... uh, 
Yeah, we did Omega Mart last time. Yeah, no, I'm saying like the the haunted house thing. It ends at Omega Mart. Like Omega Mart is the w- w- world class meta as fuck haunted house. But it's not. It's not really haunted. It's more. Um, it's possessed by fucking eldritch creatures. Eldritch creatures. Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> I think really what haunts in that is McCamey Manor. I I hold on. McCamey Manor. The, I don't know. What did you say before that? What, what really haunts in that? What haunts end at? Oh, end at. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. McCamey Manor. Because it's like, okay, a little spooky. Okay, this one kind of scared me a little bit. Oh, this one scared me even more, and I kind of really like that. Now I'm chasing the rush. What if I uh, paid someone to torture me for eight hours? That's fair. It's, but... it's an excessive escalation. I mean, in the spirit of... A haunted An house. An actual haunted house, it, yes. Yeah, like the fun kind. The yeah. Omega Mart is like the the end-all be-all of that, where it's like literally national. They're opening new places and, and doing lore and shit. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That, with Omega Mart, when, unfortunately, you know, we did it in Vegas, and apparently the day we went was some massive day. So there was like a ton of shit in the back rooms because there's the what looks like the grocery store at front. Uh-huh. Not the back rooms, the other one, but yeah. the back rooms of the actual Omega Mark. Guys. Right, because you actually go. You, there's different ways you can get in. Like one, you open up a like a, a refrigerator door for like drinks and stuff, uh-huh. and you open it up, and there's like a tunnel that goes into the back. That's rad. But then there's Omega Mark fucking rules. It is. I've never. I want to go. Well, if we go to Vegas, um, but then you get into the back room, and there's this whole fucking story. About this corporation that created Omega Mart, but they're we we gonna watch some game theory videos. Oh God, or, it's it's insane. They, and, he does a really good job. Yeah, nice. It, yeah. But it was so crowded that we couldn't really get involved in it. That much. Right. Well, there's too many people around. Yeah. You can't get lost in it. You can't get immersed when you're surrounded by other tourists. Right. But I mean, it's set up like you go into a room that's like uh, a, a training room for it, the it, employees. It would be fucking ideal if you could rent the bitch out. No. It, uh, what would be ideal would be if you somehow convinced a group of people like, say, like when the quilt guild association does their like quilt guild, uh, what the fuck is it called? Their uh, their quilt shows. Um, no fuck. What am I thinking about? It's like basically quilt con. I can't remember the name of it, <laughs> but it's like basically it's a it's quilters conference, and they go in, they do like a little festival, and they sell sewing machines and art and shit. Yeah, and um, it is. It would be great if we could convince those somebody like that, like some association or group, that Omega Mart was a real grocery store, <laughs> right? So that we could distract them for long enough, so that we could go in and start getting immersed in the thing, and yeah. then they could also have an immersion trip. But we would have to do some sort of waiver. But like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it would be fucking great if we could do. You know, that. What's, I think. Just based on what I've heard about, I actually don't want to learn anymore. I just want to, for the first time in years and years, I want to take just like a small dose psychedelic and go to Omega Mart. Uh, I mean, you know, that's why I said small dose. That's why I said small dose. Yeah, because literally, I was on nothing, and I was like, "This is fucking with me." You know, just walking around. There's like shit on the walls and. Like, oh my God, just thinking about it. There's like a whole room 
that's fashioned after I know you've seen the tool stuff that's got like the face, like the pillars with the faces on it. Yeah. There is a room that's got four of those in each corner and it's all made of mirrors. So you walk in this room, it's called the, I think it's called the Infininator, Infinity something. But you walk in and all the mirrors, it causes to look like that huge field of faces. And apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently if you stand in the dead center of that room, there's a secret message you can only hear in that part of the room. Oh, I love that shit. But, all right, so we got one more story, one more uh, and uh, tradition, and it is the jack-o'-lantern. Oh, yeah. So pumpkins with ghoulish faces, fa- ugh, that ghoulish faces, and illuminated. Speaking of headless shit, <laughs> and illuminated by candles are a sure sign of the Halloween season. The practice of decorating jack o' lanterns originated in Ireland, where large turnips and potatoes served as early canvases. Yeah, I was just about to say it started with like cantaloupes and shit, yeah. right? Yeah, gourds, just gourds. gourds. That's it. Yeah. In fact, the name a jack-o'-lantern comes from an Irish folk tale about a man named Stingy Jack. I like the meme that claims that all of the jacks in all of the fucking ones, like Jack jumping over the candlestick, Jack and the Beanstalk, Stingy Jack, all of them are the same, the same jack. jack. Yeah. I don't know how true that is. I don't think it's true, but like I really like to think of it that way. Yeah. It's like Florida, man. Mm-hmm. So Irish immigrants brought the tradition to America, home of the pumpkin, and it became an integral part of Halloween festivities. I always forget pumpkins are an American ridge. Yeah. So people have been making jack-o'-lanterns as Halloween, at Halloween for centuries. The practice originated from an Irish myth about a man nicknamed Stingy Jack. According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. Once Fucking the devil, rad. <laughs> once the devil did so... This is just a tribute. <laughs> <laughs> once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Did you outplayed Satan. Petty, yeah. though. Yeah, let's... Uh, Satan probably deserves it, I think. <laughs> So, Satan, the guy who's supposed to bring down the whole world, who is like second only to God in power, is tricked to turn himself into a coin. Uh, This man went down to Georgia. I know, and and lost the fucking fiddle battle. Yeah, well, you know. Johnny. My favorite one is the one about the woman who promises the devil her soul, but then he comes to collect way later, and she gives him the soul of her shoe. And she's like, you didn't specify. You got to take that shit. And he does. <laughs> nice. She just wins just outright. That's she a good she one. fucking ginned him. Mm-hmm. It's funny if you look, most of the Satan's lines in the Bible are just, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> so Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. Dude, this man... Had all the power in this negotiation, mm-hmm. and he said, "Don't fuck with me for a year, and yeah, don't damn me to hell at yeah. the at the when I die." And that's all he asked for. You could have had it all, dude. Yeah, you could have had it all. It's not very stingy. Could have had it all. <laughs> I think I think he did the best deal, though. It's like, give me a year for you to cool off, so to speak. (laughs) And I'm going to give you a year to get over this. And also, if I should happen to die, don't claim my soul. 
bind yourself to that deal. Because now I have fucking proof that hell is real, and I don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, but now what? Because God's not going to take you either. What, are you going to get purgatory? I would rather stay a ghost than any... Like, honestly, I don't want to go to heaven, nor do I want to go to hell. But I don't want to go to hell more. I mean, that's true. But, I mean, purgatory sounds like shit, too. I live in purgatory, buddy. So the next it's year... It's fine. Fuck if there's same. If there's, like, internet connection, even if it's as spotty as mine is, I can still do shit. <laughs> so the next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. Why'd the devil hang out with this man? <laughs> Jack attack. Jack came back. <laughs> <laughs> While he was up in the tree, Jack carved a sign of the cross yeah, I mean, into the tree's you've bark. You've been in toxic relationships before. <laughs> So that the devil could not climb down until the devil promised Jack to not bother him for 10 more years. Soon after, Jack died. As the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. See, this is what I'm talking about. The devil, upset by the trick Jack had played on him and keeping him, keeping his word not to claim his soul, would not allow Jack into hell. He sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal into a carved-out turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since. Uh, That's a cool story. The Irish began to refer to the ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern and then simply Jack-o'-lantern. In Ireland and Scotland, people began to make their own versions of Jack's lanterns by carving scary faces into turnips or potatoes and placing them into windows or near doors to frighten away stingy Jack and other wandering evil spirits. In England, large beets are used... Immigrants from that these... is fucking British as shit. Yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, immigrants from these countries brought the jack o' lantern tradition with them when they came to the United States. They soon found that pumpkins, a fruit native to America, made perfect jack o' lanterns. And that one's that brings us to the end. That's we also originally we had talked about doing headless horseman as our halloween special yeah but uh, again when i looked up headless horseman all i could really find was the actual story of sleepy hollow yeah and then there's like a, a brief mention of a like an irish version a dulahan is that what it's called yes okay but it, there Dullahan, wasn't i think there, there wasn't out. enough information for a full right episode. yeah which really bummed me out because i really wanted us to be able to do like a whole headless horseman thing From but it's I just not there's not that much to it from what I understand, it is just basically, just here as a bonus at the end of the episode, the Headless Horseman is literally just um, the fey version of death. Like the Grim Reaper. Mm. It's just that. It's the He's the horseman for the carriage of death. See, that's rad, too. That's but rad. There's just not enough there to talk about for right. an hour. Because you already know it all. Right. Because you grew up in any society. Yeah. So, you know, the one, your one, where they come and take people from life into death, th that one. But headless and a horseman. Right. And Irish or Scottish-ish. So, uh, we've got to go ahead. we got to shout out. we got a new patron. We love week. when that happens. Yes. It, uh, it makes us very happy. And we'll go ahead and shout out the, the few most recent, uh, the other people you've heard your name enough. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> so it's been a year. It'll happen again at some point, yes. but you need to wait your turn. Look, we you just had need, your turn. We just need a break. You know, we're just going to go <laughs> on a small need, break. We need to see other people. We just need to talk about other people, <laughs> say other names for a minute. So the most recent ones we got, we got Lex B. Better, Pirate King Luffy, Ogade Khan, Angela, period. 
accounts clerk, and our newest is Jean, uh, Jeannie Lee Davis, who also gave got us a, a great Facebook yes, recommendation. gave us a Facebook recommendation. Which um, we super appreciate we because do. it very much helps our algorithm. See, big shout out to Jeannie? Jeannie Lee. Jean. She's my cousin. Jeannie oh, nice. Lee Davis. Oh, okay. Big extra double shout out to Jeannie because not only did she do the thing that supports us financially, but she did the thing that helps get us out there too because she did a, a big interaction with our Facebook page mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by recommending it. That's that's a real one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I always say, if you can't afford to financially support us, then help support us in the ways that are free by interacting with our socials when you can and yeah, tell your friends. Go off home, I think go off queen is how it's I think yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. you say it. That's what that's what the kids say. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh having said that, if you want to leave a recommendation, um do that on Facebook. You can join our Facebook, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com. Slash GTO pod. If you want to become a patron, if you can f- uh, support us financially, we've Patreon. got Patreon.com. Five tiers? Five. Slash two tiers. towns. Something over. like that. We, we have, get, we have yeah. several. $2, several $5, $10, $15, and $20 tiers. Uh, a, couple, we, a couple of you guys upped your pledges, and yes, we just appreciate we love you. the fuck out of you. We, you're, gonna, you're buying us a new table yes, right now. We yeah, will, we're getting a new um, podcast table. <laughs> We will be getting uh, the the stuff out to you. Uh, we are planning to order the uh, the lanyards. We, uh, we have the juice. It's yes. just uh, you know post COVID like shipping rates yeah, and so whatnot. We're, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. It's yeah, y'all y'all just be patient. We 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 love you, but the, the shit's it's coming when it when it's coming. We're trying. Yeah. It's coming. Luckily, they. I will admit our patrons are very very patient with me. Seriously, and we appreciate the fuck out of them for that. Yeah, because I don't think suddenly I'm, I'm working five days a week, and so yeah, are you, and right. So is he, I was gonna say we like, mm-hmm. we all work full time jobs, yeah. and this one, even though we want it to be our full time job, it just can't yet. Mm-hmm. And we're working unless on you it. share and go to patreon.com/slash hey. two towns over. Yeah. Eventually, if Hit everything that works audible out, audible link though for real. Oh yeah, audible link, audibletrial.com/slash TTO pod. Our patron Patreon is uh, patreon.com/slash two towns over. You have to either search, uh, go. You said you could Google it. Uh, yeah, if you if you just search two towns over Patreon, I think it it'll link you to one of our posts. Right, but it will get you to our Patreon. All if of you our don't posts should just be for um, patrons. Yeah, I, I know. haven't made any posts public. I know, but it pops up if you. Mm-hmm. It, it says you can't view it, but it gotcha. like takes you to. It will get you to our Patreon. Is gotcha. is, is the point? But yeah, if you want to see what uh, what we offer uh, with our Patreon, go to uh, Florida. Oh my God! Patreon dot com <laughs> slash two towns over, and you can view the different uh, payment tiers. That we currently have, we are working on a, another one, but we've got to get. You know what? For the Audible trial, I'm going to recommend one that everybody fucking loves already. I'm just going to recommend it because it's kind of a great time of year to read it, in my opinion. Uh, and that's going to be Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. I'm going to need y'all to go read that because that shit's good. Okay. That's all. There you go. Go get it. Um. Are there any other announcements? You could get it free from the link. Oh, definitely go check out Chuddle the Pod. Um, shout out the Chuddle Boys. Ch- Chuddle, Chuddle the Shout Out. Yeah. Ch- Ch- Chuddle the Boys. Chuddle the Shout Out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you guys even ask what Chuddle means? No. Fuck no. Neither of you bothered to find out what <laughs> no. Chuddle is. Because I know what a Chud is. We are 
Millennials. So Chuddle just makes sense to Aren't us. They just, it's just too? a fun word. I believe so. I'm not sure. Because Chuddle... They're like older millennials. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe one couple of them might be Gen X, but I think they're just older millennials. Because mm-hmm. as far as I know, Chud is a cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Oh, well, that's very similar to the other modern meaning of it, which is uh, far right-wing people. Well, there you go. I just thought chuddle was a good word. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it just sounded like like a fun, you know, chuddle. chuddle. But I need to know, and, and Brian and Sam, Sam and, and Ross, Ross, if you're listening. Um, I like them so much I remember their names. Yes. That's how much I love the Chuddle you know Boys. What? That's actually wild, because I did only hear their names one time. Right. And then I had them. I just locked Dude, I know. them in. I know. And me I know too. which one is which, too, which is... Right. That's fucking insane for me. <laughs> so I need to know, is Chuddle a verb? Is it a noun? To Chuddle? Yeah. I mean, if you you're going to Chuddle the pod? we Chuddle the pod? Yeah. I need to know. <laughs> That's going to be something I'm going to ask them when they join our show, which is coming up soon. I'm working on the script. Give me a break. Um, we can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's going to be so, so much fucking fun. Um, so having said that, uh, which I don't know what I'm saying. My God, I'm not even high in my short-term memory of shot. Follow, like, rate, and share all Do the all shit. Stuff. Give us five stars on whatever you're listening on. And... Or a thumbs up. Yep. Or a share is an important one. Again, do and that one. I, if, did I mention share us around places? If you oh, leave, and tell people about us. And tell people, tell about, people us about us. Also. If you leave a good review, a fun review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it. Like at the beginning of at the, the episode. At the beginning of the episode. Because there's only like three of you that listen to this part of the episode, so we'll read it at the beginning so everyone has to hear it. That's right. We know now when you fuckers turn off yeah. before the show ends. We got we analytics, bitch. Mm-hmm. Don't, oh, yeah. Hey. Hey man, be respectful. <laughs> well, if they've made it this far, uh, then, then, then they're the real ones. <laughs> they're the real ones, or they just can't get to their or phone they just deposit. Don't, yeah, they're like in the shower or something. <laughs> that shit happens to me all the time. This is why we do this for you guys, so you don't have to like go skip to the next episode. You like another two minutes or something. Like it's fine. All right, guys. So having said that, I have been Don. I've been Ruben. I've been Josh. And fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Be good to yourselves. You know, eat some dicks or whatever. <laughs> we're still, we're still, I'm still working on it. It's being workshop. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs>